Yes, boy, it's the stairway. It's week eight. Popular number in Pittsburgh nowadays. Mr. Just Right here behind the mic as usual with me. Bad News B-Rye. What's up, man? Hey, Mikey. Uh, doing pretty good here. Had an awesome win in a close game against a good team. Uh, you have to feel pretty good about where the Steelers are at right now. So, you know, just good vibes uh, coming off the bye for the Pittsburgh. See, we both cut our eyelids off for this episode, <laughs> both wearing our glasses tonight. Uh, yeah, man, uh, we both picked against them last week and just RJ'd herself into another win. What can you say? Yeah. Uh, that's two in a row now. And we're sitting at what four and two, technically in second place in the division, right? But two and zero oh in the division, win against the Ravens, win against the Browns, add in a win here in LA. Overall, what was your thoughts in the game? I think it was a game where the Rams were sort of one dimensional due to some of the injuries on at the running back position. So, um, you know, it doesn't mean we it was a given that we could beat them. I think we came into it with a really good game plan um, on defense. We, we focused on the receivers. Uh, I know Puka had a, a big game, but we were kind of able to uh, put the clamps on things when it mattered most. Cooper cup had a, a very disappointing game. Um, so they were able to find ways to, to kind of um, hold him in check. He also had a couple early drops at the beginning of the game. Um, kind of out of character, but but really, like as the game went on, you know, he was he was kept in check, which is very very hard to do. Um, a lot of guys on defense making plays; they were getting to Stafford constantly. Uh, it was it was you know kind of what you've expected with this defense lately, just making plays in key moments. And then on the offensive side, really, um, I think it's safe to say they've had their best game of the season. You saw in the running game, get, getting some stuff going with both running backs. There was a lot more. Um, I think out of the bye, they had some discussions internally about how they, they want to run the ball moving forward. So you kind of saw them shift away from their zone blocking scheme and do a little bit more straight ahead run blocking. You saw a lot of uh, guards pulling. You even saw some tackles pulling. So that was great to see. They were able to get chunk plays. You, you saw the linemen getting at the second, second level. Um, and the play calling looked good. You know, um, The execution looked great. Uh, like Tomlin said in his pref- press conference, we're kind of uh, when you talk about identity of a team, uh, maybe this team is just a gritty team. Um, you know, you'd rather be a great team, but if you can be gritty and find ways to win at the end, that's I think what's most important. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see them put a better offensive product on the field in the first half of games. But yeah. if there's a time to be good, it's in the fourth yeah. quarter. That's right. We talked last week about how they needed three touchdowns from the offense to win this game. That's exactly what they got. You said, though, it took them a while to get there. I think that's kind of one trend that I would still like to see bucked. We talked about that last week, too, is a slow start. We got off to another slow start. We only put up three points in the first half, and we really didn't get going until... The second half, really, was that T.J. Watt interception. I think it was the first play or the second play of the third quarter. uh, Yeah, first play. That really really changed the temperature of the game. And, yeah, we got a little bit lucky. Uh, Cooper Cup held in check two for 29 yards for him. I think he had two drops in the first drive that were 
pretty much right in his chest, which was just kind of shocking. Uh, but overall, kept him in check. Puka uh, messed this up, eight for 154 uh, for him, including a couple of incredible catches and and one uh, near uh, near catch uh, on the sideline in front of uh, JPJ. But overall, like you said, I think we can take some some baby steps away from this game. Offense looked a little bit better. Kenny, uh, no turnovers again. That's good to see. So he's a little bit more disciplined, a little bit more secure with the ball. But overall, I think we can credit TJ Watt for, like I said, really changing uh, the trajectory of this game with a huge turnover at just the right time and then really capping it off in the, in the fourth quarter with the two touchdowns there to seal the win. An odd, a very odd sequence at the end of the game with the the Pittsburgh version of the the tush push uh, coming up short, getting a favorable call on the spot, and the Rams not having any timeouts to challenge what they probably would have won on a pretty bad spot. Looked like Kenny slipped there on the QB sneak. So another odd sequence to end the game, just like the Baltimore game. So, you know, Overall, we'll take it. 24-17 Steelers. It's a win. It's a win on the road. That brings us to two and one on the road against a pretty good football team. I know the Rams are three and four, but that's an offense you have to withstand. And, and yes, they were down their top running back, but they still got 135 yards on the ground for, between Royce Freeman and, and Daryl Henderson. So their committee did their job. And that's another thing I think I'd like to see them clean up is is holding those opponents to under you know 100 some yards rushing would, would be really great and it looks like we might be getting uh cameron hayward back uh anytime now uh what well, he's what was about seven eight weeks his injury was projected so we're looking at him coming back in the next month perhaps that'll be a huge boon i think keanu benton had a nice little game overall though i mean not a lot of splash plays from the defense other than that TJ Watt uh, interception, which of course was huge. So let's get into the box score, shall we, Bry? Kenny yeah. Pickett, our field general. Like we said, this is week eight now. Kenny Pickett, number eight, taking us on the stairway to seven. Just maturing right before our eyes, really. Still nothing crazy, magical. It's going to make all the pundits swoon over him or anything like that. Even when you look at a guy like CJ Stroud, those guys are a little bit more athletic are going to get all the attention, but it's the moxie. It's the moxie at the end of the game that he's shown really throughout his his career. I want to say they're like, what, third or 12 and 5 or something like that in their last 17 games, and a lot of that credit goes to Kenny Pickett. Nothing splashy, but just doing his job, doing just enough to get done. He was 17 for 25, 230 yards, no touchdowns, Again, I think we want to see some more TDs through the air, especially in the red zone. We were able to punch them in on the ground. No interceptions. Overall thoughts on Kenny's game? Yeah, um, I guess we can just start calling him fourth quarter Kenny now. He's just kind of, you know, pulls it out when it matters most. Um, this game, the the Rams blitzed a lot. Obviously, there was Aaron Donald, um, you know, pushing guys around whenever they got one-on-one. So, um they were getting a lot of pressure on Kenny. They were they were hitting him. Um, you've seen some plays where Donald hit him, and that's that's terrifying. But with that being said, Kenny really just 
you know, stayed in the pocket. He stepped up. Something we weren't seeing earlier in the year. He was getting happy feet earlier in the year, but but he really showed a lot of poise this game where he was stepping up into the pocket, knew he was going to take some hits, but he still made big plays down the field. And uh, that's really what you want to see from him. You want to see that that moxie. You want to see that poise. And, um, you know, he's starting to get some... He got one of his weapons back who, who he started using. So maybe maybe he can build on something like this. Kenny, Kenny Clutch, can we call him that? We can clutch, make, I like that. With clutch with a K, maybe we can start selling those shirts down <laughs> in, the, in the strip. They don't already exist. How about it, Big Rye? We can do that. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, you know, Kenny, uh, discipline game. Again, he was only sacked twice, so he did stand in there a couple of times and delivered a couple of nice balls. We saw that patented uh, back shoulder timing route with George a couple of different times in this game. A big throw over the middle. To George too, and that's we haven't seen them attack the middle of the field quite a bit this season, so that was good to see as well. I think he was also very happy to see Deontay Johnson back. We'll get into them here in a little bit, but let's move on to our ball carrier, shall we? Najee B. Rye. Uh, I don't know if you would say he's was wearing jeans this game. Maybe <laughs> he really didn't bust out the gym shorts per se, but he did look pretty good. He was falling forward, getting some tough yards. Obviously, he had the touchdown, 14 for 53, 3.8 yards per carry with a long of 10, and, of course, that first touchdown of the year. Any thoughts about Najee specifically, Bri? Um, I thought despite that low rushing average, he, he looked okay. Keep in mind, like they sometimes they stubbornly come out and, and, and predictably try to establish the run and, like, the defense knows it's first down and, and it's going to Najee and, and there's really nothing there. Like you got, like we've discussed on previous episodes, there's three guys in the backfield. So I, I think he, he's running more angry lately. Yep. Um, but you know, he's still, he's still one of those backs who doesn't have a lot of juice like, like Jalen Warren does. So he's not going to make a lot out of nothing. Yeah. He's three yards in a cloud of dust, but he wears you down. And mm-hmm. we did see Jalen get a, a little bit more involved earlier in the game. Najee was really, I don't know, a foot or two away from a spectacular touchdown there reaching towards the end zone. I think it was on Kenny's, right before Kenny's sneak, he got him down there and did the flip up and was very close to fumbling it. But he was right at the goal line, so close to getting it across. It would have been a, a, a highlight reel touchdown for Najee's career, no doubt, but Overall, yeah, the numbers don't pop out uh, on the stat sheet or in your fantasy box score, but it's kind of what you need from Najee, kind of what you expect, and the effort was there, no doubt. The hard running was there, and as the year goes on, if he stays healthy, that running becomes more effective, right? Teams get worn down later in the games. That's where Najee's really going to turn it up and become even more important. Jalen Warren. Had six carries for 32 yards for 5.3 average. He, of course, had the 13-yard touchdown run, too. So that was good to say, good to see. b I see your hand up here in the chat. Do you have something to say about Jalen? Yeah. Um, I, I, well, I want to say, as a, as a team, I don't think we had any rushing touchdowns all year, right? So um, kind of the law of average yeah. here. Yeah. Shifting back around, you have Najee with a touchdown. Warren with a rushing touchdown and Kenny with that QB sneak for a touchdown. So, so hopefully, you know, this, these signs of, um, red zone being more productive in the red zone, getting more pushed in the red zone. Hopefully we can keep that going because to win in today's NFL, you need these touchdowns, not field goals. 
Exactly, exactly. And to be honest with you, to really compete, I think, against the juggernauts like the Chiefs and the Dolphins, you probably need to put up four touchdowns to win the game at least. Um, but who knows? With this defense, anything can happen. Anything can happen for sure. Calvin Austin had a carry for a yard, and Kenny had what they called eight carries for no yards. <laughs> so, the nails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be it at the end of the game. Uh, but he did have the sneak for the touchdown. So, you know, we, we were talking about what would the Steelers version of the tush push or brotherly shove be called. Got a lot of feedback on this. The Pittsburgh plunge. I think Weber sat, said like the little hands shove. Um, <laughs> I like to call it the steel feel. Um, we're going to have to get some more uh, ideas. I would love to hear uh, uh, Secret Agent Dan uh, your brother, what his thoughts on it were, but we, we might have to start uh, branding that shirt maybe as well on the strip yeah. drive. They keep uh, sneaking Kenny. Now that one in the fourth quarter to ice the game out wasn't anything to um, get excited about, but nonetheless, he did sneak one in. So always good to see uh, Kenny ramming it in there. How about it? <laughs> So, uh, any more thoughts on the, uh, the running game, Brian? Running game? Uh, no, I think that about sums it up. Uh, I know we have uh, McFarland still on his activation window, so yep. we'll see if they they try to bring him back soon and how they use him. Yeah, overall, this group's been been pretty healthy too. Outside of the McFarland injury, it's been Najee and, and Jalen and a nice little committee. Again, nothing crazy nothing that's gonna light your fantasy up at all or anything like that but they're getting the job done between the two of them on the receiving end the pass catchers george with another big game five for 107 on eight targets he had that long one of 31 yards really clutch game from george deontay same he had a big catch in the fourth quarter i think to kick off the fourth quarter which really set the tone for that last frame there he had five for 79. It was really great to see him back in the lineup. And he just seems a little bit different this year. Like he's really getting those extra yards after the catch. We haven't seen a lot of that uh, going backwards that he's been kind of noted for after the catch in his career. He's still getting open, and he should only get healthier from here on out. I think it was a hamstring he had, right? So uh, he should continue to be effective. Connor Hayward with Pat Fryermuth out had two for 23. And I believe he set up the Najee touchdown with a nice little uh, 12-yard catch there. Najee had three for 15. Allen Robinson had that one catch. I think it was a seven-yard catch, and that was the one that set him up for that. I believe it was, I believe it was a seven-yarder that set him up for that fourth and short or third and short there at the end of the game. Um, classic Allen Robinson uh, just doing his job when it's called on for those tough uh, couple of security blanket yards. Jalen Warren didn't get as involved as he has been. He only had one catch and he lost a yard on it on two targets. Um, Bri, overall, good to see your top two dogs getting involved here in a pretty healthy way. George with his third 100-yard game of the season, his second in a row. He is him. Right now, he's evolving to that guy, Deontay. I think this is a role that more suits him instead of being asked to be that top dog. I think he's more of a complimentary guy, a guy you want to be able to roll out as your number two. And with him back, you obviously get some easier throws, I think, because he gets open. A lot of George's catches are not easy. 
He's obviously making the contested catches. We saw, again, a couple different times that back shoulder throw on the sideline, which they just are making look easy. You know, it kind of reminds me of that Aaron Rodgers route he used to do with Jordy Nelson a lot of the time. I mean, you just it's a difficult timing type throw, but you get it down so pat between two guys, it's almost becomes automatic when you have a one on one. Um, the one thing I'll mention here, Brian, before I kick it over to you is the penalties, both of them, yeah. George and Deontay, two really bad, uh, um, unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, which, which cost them and could have cost them even more dearly. It's one of those things, like if they just stayed out of the guy's face, like you can jaw jack, I understand it's going to happen, but when you get up in their face like that, it's an automatic, it's an automatic call nowadays. And yeah. what was it? George got up, he had a little bit of a, a yeast infection this day. <laughs> <laughs> with rust yeast. He was going down with rust yeast all game, Bri. And uh, he really couldn't help himself there. He was pulling on his T-shirt, and George got right up in his face, which I get it. He's a fiery guy, and he has that reputation coming into the league. But if you're going to jaw jack, just don't get right in his face because the refs are going to call that every single time nowadays. Deontay, I think, did a little finger wag. What was it? It was on the pass interference call, right, at the end yeah. of the game, uh, which was questionable on Akello uh, Witherspoon, former Steeler. <clears throat> and uh, as soon as I saw it, you know, it's, they, they showed Akello start to complain. Deontay in the background, you see him coming up, starting to wave his finger. I'm like, there we go. These are offsetting penalties, and we're going to replay uh, this third down. Uh, they could have got away with it right there. Uh, luckily, it all worked out in the end. But overall, Brad, what's your thoughts on the uh, receivers in this one? Yeah, I mean, the penalties are frustrating, especially with Deontay, who's, what, what's he in, like, fourth, fifth season in the league. So um, he's got to be smarter. He's got he's to lead by example with, with uh, not doing those kind of things. Luckily, we got away with it, but there's going to come a point where we, we could lose a game over something stupid like this. So... Got to learn from it, move on. Uh, uh, Tomlin mentioned something about it in his press conference. He said he'd rather tell them settle down than sick them, which I, I do agree with that. But you know, we got to play smart. Um, you know, outside of that though, they they had a great game. It was really nice to see Deontay back. He makes um, Kenny's job a lot easier. And, and let's remember this: this is Kenny's second year, but he's played i think just over 17 18 games so really he's got like a, a full year of games under his belt he needs a guy like that who can uh, get open um i think you know they're they're the threats that can create some explosion on this offense we we like the prospects of calvin austin we like the safety blanket of alan robinson but they're not gonna at this point in time they're not playmakers we have two playmakers i think with George being the alpha dog, um, Deontay's right in that perfect role that we wanted all along. A really good number two guy. And maybe that's why he had a little bit more yak this game. Maybe yeah. maybe there's a little more room to work with where, as in the past, he was the number one guy and, and, yeah. and they were you know tackling him or, or making him run backwards immediately. So yep. um, got to like what you see there. Um, I'm excited to, to see how they can continue to grow with Kenny. Yeah, it's yeah. I think that's huge. Deontay being your number two, having that uh, number one, you can really rely on, and that's what George's game is is becoming is becoming one of those top receivers. It's just really difficult to cover, 
and making the tough catches look easy and kind of expanding his route tree and capabilities on the field a little bit more. Uh, on the line, Mirai, I know that we got they got some pressure. Obviously, you're going to have that with your Aaron Donalds and your Michael yeah. Hoyts uh, of the world. Uh, but overall, I think they took some baby steps here. Mason Cole was serviceable. Siamalu had a good game. I think he recovered a, uh, a fumble. Najee did have a fumble, and he was right on top of it. He also had a, a really huge block. I think it was on the Warren run. He looked really good. Uh, so maybe that's starting to gel a little bit more. So everything's kind of trending in the right direction here, and we kind of control our destiny, you know, being 2-0 and in a division. We got some games ahead of us. You know you're probably going to lose a few of those, but the schedule, again... We got three coming up here in a row at home, which could all be winnable games. And yeah, things are things are looking up for sure. With that being said, before we get on the defense, I do just want to mention Chris Boswell hit a nice 53-yarder. So always count on the Boz. He's, he's remaining, uh, I believe, perfect for the year. Presley Harvin had a nice game with two inside the 20. I think he had one inside the six. 43.6 average. Calvin Austin was our return guy in this one with cutting um, cutting uh, Gunner, finally. Um, and uh, Des <laughs> yeah. Des Desmond King, we also talked about that. So we were wondering kind of who was going to take the return duties, and it was Calvin. And Godwin Igbuke with a 15-yard kick return. I don't know if you remember that, but yep. He's on the team. I didn't know he's on the team. Yeah, that's <laughs> what the box score says. Um, all right, so special teams did their job. Nothing. Uh, didn't Austin muff one that he recovered to, or am I remembering incorrectly? Yeah, it it, yeah. it popped up in the air, and he was able to recover yeah. it. Luckily, I, I do want to point out too. Um, I think with Harvin, you know, I think maybe the first game was a little rough, and we we're we we're kind of worried about his prospects, but he's really turned his his career around I, I think he's kind of turning into that punter we were hoping he would be when we drafted him well you know yeah he's he's turned it around but i will say it's been in some controlled environments it, yeah. temperate climates it's the end of the year when things are getting cold and windy that's when i'm kind of worried about him most and no one's perfect but that's when we're really going to need him most and that's where mistakes are really amplified so I want to see that continue throughout the year. I can expect one or two mistakes, but we don't want to see that inconsistency come back when the wind starts blowing down there at Heinz Field and the snow and the rain starts flying. That's when we're really going to need them to switch the field. Uh, all right, let's move on to the defense. Like I said at the beginning, I don't think there was a ton of huge splash plays. Uh, we had a couple sacks. We had, of course, the TJ Watt interception. Minka paced the team with 11 tackles. Six solo again, not the best when your safety is leading the team in in tackles. That's not an ideal situation. But Minka, just another solid performance from him. Uh, nothing crazy from him this year in terms of highlights or splash plays. Even he's just been Mister Reliable, which we'll take. And I'm sure the plays, you know, the critical plays will come from him later on in the year. Cole Holcomb had another nice game, eight tackles. Three solo. He had one tackle for loss. He got a little bit banged up, though. We'll talk about that in a minute. Demonte KZ, seven tackles, four solo. Keanu Neal, four, four solo. Montrevious Adams, I thought, had a nice little game. He had four tackles, including one for a loss. He's, he's proven to be a reliable backup 
caliber player, starter caliber player who can split those starting reps. Um, Larry O, Birai, I do want to point this out. He had a huge sack at the beginning of the game. He's had a nice little year for us, four tackles, two solo for him, the sack. And I just want to talk about this for a minute, <laughs> is his sack dance, Bri. Um, I don't, do you know what it is? Do you remember what, what his sack dance is? It's like... What I think it, I missed it. What do you think that is? What do you think he's doing? It's like, um, you think he's like laying bricks or playing like some type of piano? You might want to go got, back and look at that. Yeah. It's got some Halloween vibes to it. He gets actually. down. He I, gets down. I, yeah. Like, it's down low and he's like, like a monster yeah. mash type thing, maybe? Yeah, it's like a monster okay, mash okay. thing. Okay. Yeah, I'm into that. Okay. Take note of that, Larry O. Uh, <laughs> He may, he's just the guy who makes like one nice play every game. You know, he just does his job and he like makes one highlight sack or force fumble every game for us. So hopefully he can stay healthy. Nick Herbig, we want to point him out. We texted about this during the game. He had his first sack of his career and it was incredible. I mean, he was at the quarterback in a blink of an eye. Uh, yeah. Anything you want to talk about uh, about Herbig or, or Larry O and how important it is here? Herbig had three tackles. Uh, to add on to it so he got a little bit more play this game yeah and I, the last episode we talked about him kind of um disappearing at the early beginning of the season with such a strong preseason so this is big and this this helps keep um i'm not sure if they use him on the i don't think they use him on the side with tj i think that's usually when golden comes in but this helps keep alex highsmith uh um healthy and, and fresh when, yeah. when we need them most. So this is big. Um, some other guys I'm going to point out, uh, you mentioned Montrevious Adams. I think I really like, I, I rewatched the game and cl- paid close attention. He might've been his best game as a pro. Yeah. Uh, I think he, he, he did a fantastic job, got a lot of push in the backfield. Um, uh, unfortunately he's at, at the expense of Benton playing a little less. Um, I think Benton still did well while he was in there. He got did. three pressure. Three pressures on 19 snaps, so he, he pushes guys around. So they're they're doing a great job holding things over until uh, until um, Hayward comes back. And then once Hayward's back, I really like the depth. We can keep these guys fresh. Yeah, Benton didn't have any tackles, but he did have two hits on Stafford, and he did well in the run game, kind of holding his gap, setting the edge. And uh, yeah, you can't ask for more from Keanu Ben. He's kind of garnering some some high under the radar praise from a lot of these. Uh, you know, grading film type sites. So that's an encouraging thing to see and exactly what you want to see from a guy like him. And he's put more pressure on the quarterback than really what he was known for. I think he only had like nine sacks in his college career. So he really wasn't a pass rusher per se. You know, he was more of that nose guard type run stuffer, occasional pressure, but he seems to be evolving his game. He's a big guy. So I think we can expect good things from Keanu Benton here on out. And you mentioned Herbig, Golden, Benton, all these guys as the year goes on, injuries start to pile up. You know, these backup reps might become starter reps. And to get this type of experience is is important for later in the year when you need these guys to step up in maybe more prominent roles. Uh, Patrick Peterson, I don't think, had a great game. He had three tackles. Landon Roberts kind of wasn't anywhere to be found. He had three tackles, three solo Joey Porter Jr. did a decent job, I think. He had a pass defense. 
and he had three tackles, two solo. Quan, oh, do you want to say something about JPJ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So his coverage was tight. I, he had a really nice pass breakup of Puka on a um, crossing round, a third and three, which is like very hard to cover. And he was he was all over and made the play. Uh, so good. He um, he missed a a tackle on Puka that turned into a huge play. Yeah. And then also he missed Royce Freeman on a run that, that yeah. was a big play. So, you know, part of that could be, uh, I think he kind of has a history of that, yeah. but also maybe the factor is like not getting a lot of playing time. You need that uh, real life simulation of, of, of tackling. So, but got to love where he's at so far. Uh, Want to see more of it. And, it's okay if he's not the best tackler in the world as long as he's shutting guys down. Yeah, that I mean, that's kind of the knock on him was his open field tackling. And obviously, he, being a shutdown corner, you don't have a lot of opportunities to tackle sometimes in college. That's something I think he's going to have to get used to. Maybe his pappy can teach him a, te- a thing or two. Um, <laughs> yeah, but two missed tackles from him, like you said, the one on Puka that turned into a big gain. I gave him several more yards on that missed tackle. He didn't wrap him up. Um, so overall though, we just want to keep seeing it. Nothing yeah. sticking out from him so far that would suggest he's not going to be a successful NFL starting cornerback. So just want to see that, uh, the growth curve continue on JPJ. Quan uh, didn't really show up too much in this game. He had three tackles, one solo Levy Levi's Wallace, <laughs> another, yeah, another. And maybe we'll talk yeah. about this here in a little bit. Uh, when we talk about the trade deadline coming up, um, just uh, just a, not a good season from him at all. Other than that one game, he had two interceptions where he still got picked on, by the way, in that game. Um, yeah. Just not what you want to see from from Levi's Wallace there. Highsmith didn't do a lot uh, on the box score, but he was getting constant pressure, kind of creating havoc. He had two tackles. Uh, no hits on the quarterback, no sacks, but just kind of doing his thing, setting the tone out there, creating yeah. pressure uh, on Stafford, collapsing that pocket. Liel had two assists. Shannon Sullivan, you know, you know whatever. Uh, he had one solo tackle. Watt, he had the interception. He only had one uh, assist on a tackle. And the pass defense is probably the interception they're counting there. Um, but again, Watt, Highsmith, Rams did all things considered. That's as, as good as you can hope for with those two going up against those two. Um, but they were, again, creating havoc, making Stafford uneasy. Stafford gets the ball out really quick. So this isn't too surprising of a result. They did what they could. And Watt, of course, still with the game-changing play on the pick. Uh, ben, we talked about him earlier. He had two hits in the quarterback, but he did a pretty good job uh, overall. Uh, that's the defense. Brian, any final thoughts there on this group against the Rams? Um, I did have one little tidbit on TJ. I feel like every like he's playing so well. I feel like every week there's like some cool stat about him. I, I read this one last night. Um, so he's one of two players all time with at least seven interceptions and 70 sacks to start his first seven seasons. So seven nineties, 70 sacks. The only other person to do it was Lawrence Taylor. So that's, it sounds silly to mention anyone in the light of Lawrence Taylor, but TJ Watts is the real deal. And he's, um, he's playing out of his mind right now. 
Yeah, uh, when he made that interception, I'm like, who's that white <laughs> cornerback we have out there? And it's TJ, uh, you know, just, I mean, just athletic as hell. And he's no slouch in coverage, man, when he drops back. Yeah. And he's shown up in a, uh, he's shown up on the, uh, the pass defense side of things a couple different times this year. I've just been super impressed with him getting back in, in coverage. You know, he's just not swatting balls down at the line. He's dropping back and making plays. Uh, you know, in the midfield there. So, gotta love it. TJ, for sure, defensive player of the year candidate. Looks like it's going to be him and Miles Garrett, neck and neck, battling for that. Garrett had a huge game last week, too, so credit to him. But I don't think Miles Garrett makes a play like that. No, no way. Um, so, yeah, we, we held him to 17 points. That's a pretty good offense. Again, I would like to see him clean up that run game a little bit. 60 yards a clip for Royce Freeman and Daryl Henderson, a couple of guys they just pulled off the street. <laughs> um, I would still like to see them really shore up that run game, but overall, you can't complain. It's a win is a win. Everyone pretty much did their job. No one got burnt too bad. And that brings us to the injury report, right? It's Wednesday right now, so that's when we're recording. What's the injury report look like on the Wednesday leading up to the Jaguars game. All right. So yeah, we had um Pat Pete. He he just had a limited day, just more of a veteran rest day. Nothing to worry about there. Um as mentioned earlier, McFarlane, he is um he's practicing in full. There there's still no word on when they're gonna bring him back onto the t- team, designate to return from IR. Um Levi Wallace did not practice. I didn't hear anything on like how serious it is, so we'll keep a close eye on it tomorrow. Um, Holcomb got banged up with an ankle during the game, but he he was a full participant, so I'd expect him to play unless you know he has some sort of aggravation. Um, Nate Herbig, he didn't practice. That was just due to an illness. So typically with those, they end up playing. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Siamalu had a rest day. He didn't practice, but. With the way he played and the way he was hitting guys during the game, I, I think he deserved it. Um, we mentioned Cam. Hopefully within the next couple of weeks he's back. And um, on the Jags side, a couple guys, I think the most notable would probably be Zay Jones. He's still injured. He uh, hasn't played a game since week five. So when he does play, it gives them a, you know, a, a few really good options. So if, if he misses this game, that'd be a huge plus for the Steelers. Yeah, so overall, we can't uh, complain too much about the the health of the team. You know, like I said, within the next month, you can expect Cam Hayward probably back at at full power. And that's going to be a huge boon for us. So we're getting out of things relatively healthy. Fryermuth, though, is one who had the aggravation. I think last week we we were thinking when we recorded that he might be playing this week, but he ended up tweaking out Hammy and went on IR. So that caused us to bring in Scotty Washington uh, to sign to the practice squad, an undrafted free agent. And, you know, Mount Washington, Darnell Washington's not showing up a lot in the offensive scheme of things in terms of catching the ball. Uh, Connor Hayward has, has caught a few passes this year. But next week... Halloween, the 31st, is the trade deadline, I believe, right, Bryce? So, you know, it, yeah. it's uh, we've already seen some teams make a couple moves. Uh, we've seen the 
Eagles go out and get all pro Kevin Byard for pennies on the dollar. And I think we have a general manager now who thinks a little bit more outside the box, is a little bit more proactive. Do you think the Steelers do anything leading up to the trade deadline? Is there any holes you would like to see them uh, patch up, uh, possibly getting a guy that might be available on a team that's kind of fallen out of it? So I think, like you said, Omar is more, uh, I think, inclined to make a midseason trade than um, his predecessor was. But, um, you know, so it's it's possible. I mean, what, what maybe 50-50? And what's the asking price? Is it is it a rental player? Is it a guy who has a couple years on his contract? Is he younger or older? I think we can all kind of agree um, on the defensive side of things. Our Achilles Hill is within the secondary, more specifically with the cornerback. So you have a, a rookie that's very promising, looking good. And then you got two um, veterans, one who um, really at this stage in his career, Pat Pete, is more of a guy, a chess piece that you play on the inside as a maybe like a nickel corner safety at times, play him close to the box. I, I still think he can be effective in that way. Um, and then you have Levi, who I feel like every single week we're just talking about the the big mistakes, the big plays he's letting up. So yeah. I think if this team is serious about um, having making a push at the end of the year, you have Hayward, who's not getting any younger. And it's sadly, he, he hasn't really, I mean, he's played in a couple playoff games, but really a legendary steal like him deserves to go further in the playoffs, really, really have a chance to shine. TJ's in the prime of his career. He's the best, best arguably defensive player in the the world right now. Yeah. Um, you, you gotta strike while the iron's hot. You gotta get someone in here who can cover and, and, and shore up that Achilles heel. I think, um, looking around the league, you hear rumors, Pat Sertain, the second on the Denver, mm-hmm. their team who, um, they have a lot, they're really putting everyone on the trade block. It seems, um, I would I would get, go after a guy like this. He's in his third year. Year two, he was an all-pro cornerback. Um, those are guys hard to get, and usually in the draft when we get our first selection, those kind of guys aren't available. So yeah. what would you be willing to give up to get a guy like Pat Sertain a second? I mean, you got to start with a first-rounder, and I think that they would be more likely to do that seeing the returns that they got on Minka. You know, when we, when we gave up that first-rounder for Minka, you know, that's when Ben was just – phasing out and i think everyone expected that to be like a top five top 10 pick and it ended up being you know your standard middle of the round first rounder and i think they would do that trade again today if they had the chance yeah you get a younger player with pedigree like minka who is at the top of the draft if you're gonna spend a first round pick and the guy's young enough it's like you're just getting your first round pick in the fold early uh, so you got to be willing to give up a first rounder and probably a couple other picks to get a guy like that. I don't know if that's enough to get it done. You know, you don't see a lot of player for player type trades or anything like that in the NFL. Terrell Edmonds did go to the Titans, by the way, in that yeah. Kevin Byard deal, former first round pick of the Steelers. Um, so that's where you got to start. But, Brian, I mean, I think that, you know, the Minka trade was kind of out of character for the Steelers in general. Um, and you've seen more trades around the league um, in the last couple of years, right? I think the activity's kind of picked up more. You're seeing more creativity in the front offices. You're seeing teams take chances. 
uh, with the salary cap, and I think they pushed the trade deadline back a little bit than the last couple of years, didn't they? So you're seeing some more teams take some risks. And I think if you're the Steelers, like you said, you have a quarterback on a rookie deal. Are the, is it enough? Is it going to be enough to keep up with your Chiefs and your Dolphins? I don't know. But if you add another huge piece like that to the defense and you can roll out three layers, D-line, linebacker, secondary, like the Steelers could if they made a move like that, well, now you're talking about you know kind of an otherworldly defense that really could carry you to an AFC championship game where anything can happen, right? Um, you got to take those chances. They don't come along often. Uh, so I don't know if you'll see him make a move like that, honestly, but now might be the time. Like you said, you got TJ. Who? How many more years of this type of production are you going to get out of him? You're never going to get another player like him, probably. He's a you know, yeah. once in a in a couple decade type player, quarterback on a rookie deal. I don't know if they'll add anything on offense. You know, maybe you see them bring in like a a tight end if they don't think Fryermuth's going to be healthy uh, this year. Might not hurt them to look in that direction too. Nothing crazy, you like know. Like Gentry, yeah, <laughs> like a Gentry. Well, I don't know <laughs> about that. <laughs> I don't know if you want to bring that kind of baggage back to the team. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, you'll see him do something, right? Um, you know, uh, there's. I don't know if they need to make any moves at the cornerback position, right? Because uh, we failed to mention this, and I actually broke this news last night on the pick show, is, you know, they there's. I don't know if you know this, but their, their secondary problems are solved. They actually brought in... For a workout, I mean, this is just paperwork type thing. I'm sure they'll sign him. None other than Rashad Wild Goose, <laughs> former wow, commander, he... former Jet. So, you know, it's yeah. uh, a player like that. You could say, you know, you're kind of going on a wild goose chase. Well, yeah. here he is. Yeah, all problems are solved. So, yeah, Tomlin's got a thing for the, uh, the, uh, the bird type players there. So, Duck Hodges, Wild Goose. Yeah. Jordan Bird. Many more. Yeah. Yeah. Brad Wing. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah. So who knows? It's going to be interesting, though. I wouldn't be surprised to see him dabble in something if they can. But uh, I'd love it. I'd, I'd give up a first round pick right now. Uh, I don't think that's outrageous. No. Because he's not a guy. He's not going to be a free agent next year. He's right. He's in his third, third year. So you get, you get, he's, he entered his prime last year, all pro. He's in his third year now uh, on a terrible defense, kind of like how Minko was when we attained him. Yep. And and he would just make a huge difference yeah. on, on an already great defense. Yeah. Um, I'd give up a first. I don't know how much more than that I would do. Maybe maybe another late round pick or something. But it's like I said, it's not a rental. He's He's in his third year. You get him for his fourth year, and then you get the fifth-year option, and, and you can do what you did with me. Um, it's, I mean, I, I think it's it'd be a great great decision to make. Absolutely. I'm just looking up here. He's he's still 23 years old. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean. Rookies come out at 23. Like Exactly. That's, that's like, young. Yeah, you're just, you're just spending your first rounder early, and <laughs> they've already won four games 
they're probably not going to have a top 10 pick. I mean, you're not giving up a crazy first round or you they they're yeah. probably not looking to take a quarter a quarterback. You know, at this at this rate with Kenny, I'm sure he's going to get another year or two of of run here. So, what are you really giving up? I mean, you just get your first round pick in the fold early with with veteran experience, you know. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it, and it would just give them another piece back there, man. And if you could roll out uh, Sertain and, and Porter for the next decade, oh, uh, come on! I wouldn't be surprised. I, you know, uh, Colbert did the trade for Minka, right? But yeah. and that just seemed kind of out of character for him. Although he started to loosen up the purse strings a little bit more as his career went on. Uh, but Omar, I think, is a more of a progressive. He's he's the kind of guy who just looking at his offseason moves. He brings in guys with pedigree, uh, reclamation projects who you know were high picks, high pedigree guys. You see teams like the Patriots always doing that, um, just trying to to always find that fire, you know, in a guy that maybe had a down year but had some success before or was a, as a higher pick coming out of the draft. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see him do something here in the next week or so. So that is the week in maneuvers and injuries there, and we're on to the Jaguars. This is the first of three straight games at home Sunday at 1 o'clock. You can catch this game on CBS. The Jags are rolling, Bry. Uh, they had a big win uh, last Thursday against the Saints, so they've been waiting around for a while, getting healthy, getting rested. Trevor Lawrence was a little banged up heading into that game, but he looked no worse for wear. So you'd expect him to be good to go. He had a little bit of a derogatory comment, though, about the terrible towels and wanting to play in front of those quote-unquote little towels that the Steelers fans have. And <laughs> that might be his undoing, Brian. Uh, what do you think about Trevor Lawrence? What do you think about the Jaguars? Who do we have to look out for here? I mean, Trevor, high pedigree guy. Um, he, I think he's showing it. He's, he's very athletic. He's very accurate he's got a strong arm he's smart he um he's a playmaker i think he is the real deal and he's only getting better uh he's got some really good weapons at receiver christian kirk uh maybe the you know among the best slot receivers in the league so that's going to be a huge challenge against our our defense um calvin ridley he kind of showed um signs of his former self when he was like a top five receiver early in the year but he's kind of fallen off it's going to be interesting to see if he can regain that kind of uh, footing or if that's a, you know, a thing of the past. Maybe he's at this point not quite that player ever again. But I, I would put my money on him becoming that kind of player again. Um, and then you got the running game. I mean, ETN is just playing crazy. Uh, he, he's kind of like a, a slender body. So I feel like they're using him a lot. And I, I don't know. Maybe maybe he can't hold up as the year goes on, but but we'll see. Right now he's just he's been dominant. He's I'm I'm kind of worried about his style against yeah. our defense, yeah, and and not having Cam in there. Mm-hmm. So really, we're gonna need our our uh, you know D line to play gap disciplined, yep. control line of scrimmage, and and these linebackers have to come up and um, keep an eye on him. Yeah, setting the edge is going to be important against him because he's the type of guy that really uses his speed. He has three straight games, I think, with two touchdowns. And I wouldn't be surprised if he busts out a couple long ones against us. It's, we, we're, we've been giving up a lot of yards on the ground in chunks this year, five, six-yard chunks. You're seeing all these running backs kind of get four or five yards average on us in a carry. 
And he's the type of guy who I fully expect to rip off a couple 20, 30-plus yard runs in this game, and they're going to make a difference. Um, in terms of Lawrence, talked about it with Len last night. He can get a little happy in the pocket too, so that's something if we can make him uncomfortable back there. Again, we're going to be relying heavily on the pass rush and really getting to him, but he's the type of guy who if you let him escape, he can hurt you with his feet too. Uh, you mentioned Zay Jones is possibly out or he's still banged up, but we will have to watch out for Calvin Ridley's kind of had a little bit of a disappointing season for them, but Christian Kirk is going to be tough to cover, uh, as well. He's been kind of having a little resurgence here in the last couple weeks. Um, anything we need to look out for on the defensive side, Josh Allen, obviously, yeah. uh, he's gonna, he's gonna make the day miserable. Uh, for Kenny Pickett, uh, the Jaguars had a few things to say about um, the Steelers uh, cornerbacks, not uh, or excuse me, the Jaguars cornerbacks um, possibly putting a cap on George Pickens. So expect to see some more jaw jacking there. <laughs> I'm not sure if there's any former Steelers on the Jaguars, right? We, uh, we forgot to mention uh, Kevin Dotson of the Rams is one of the highest yeah. graded guards in the league right now. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a PFF rating, so take that with a grain of salt. But, um, you know, he, he started a lot of games for us. I think his style of play probably didn't fit our zone blocking scheme. Um, so maybe that's maybe it just wasn't a good match. I, I honestly haven't watched him enough to know if he's truly having a good year. But, you know, if he is, good for him. Evan Ingram could cause some issues. Uh, we've been doing a little bit better against the tight ends this year, though, so far. That's been one of yeah. our Achilles heel the last couple of years. So uh, we do have to watch out. Uh, for him, but to me, the big matchup is is obviously going to be ETN. Uh, we need to keep him yeah. under control to win this game and, and, and keep control of the pace. And this is the first of three at home. And this is one where, you know, I think the weather is going to be pretty decent in Pittsburgh, so the Jaguars won't be too out of their element. But, you know... Pretty boy, Trevor Lawrence with his long flowing hair and those guys with their <laughs> suntans down there. They come up to the nitty gritty, blue collar, steel city. Renegade starts playing. You're like, oh my God, what is this? You know, what is this song? And it just strikes fear into your heart. Those little towels will start waving. They've never <laughs> seen anything like it. And I do want to give a shout out to the Steelers fan who showed up big time in L.A. I mean, it was like a home game there when they scored a couple touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, so you got to give it to the Steelers fans. Of course, they they travel well. I don't see any former Steelers we have to look out for here on the Jaguars. So I don't know, Birai. What's your what's your prediction? You think the Steelers win this one? So I, I do want to revisit their the Jaguars defense. They've they've mm-hmm. been, you know, you mentioned a couple players, but really as a unit, they're playing really really well i think they've kind of helped keep the entire team going uh from a consistency point of view they've done some really good things against good defenses or sorry against good offenses um so i think they're overall a very well-rounded team um but the defense i see here let me let me take a look here so they have um 
they're actually second in the league, only behind the 49ers in interceptions this year with nine. Um, that's led by their safety. Andre Sisco, he has three INTs. Darius Williams has three as well. On top of that, the Jags are tied with the Bucks with the most fumbles for the year at seven. Fumble recoveries, that is. Um, so matchup-wise, that does worry me a, a bit. I did read a, a stat from Matt Williamson today where um, in the 19 career games Kenny Pickett has played in, the Steelers are 2-6 and six in games in which he has thrown an interception and 9-2 and two in games in which he has not. So we're, we're playing a team that has a tendency to get interceptions. That worries me. That's where that two and six um, mm. creeps up a little bit. So yep. that's it's it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a really close one. Um, there's there's a good chance they get a pick in this game. Um, yeah. I, I know the over unders them at two and a half expected to win against the Steelers. So um, it's a close one. I'm, I've really been going back and forth and. You know, I've picked two against the Steelers two weeks in a row, and I've been proven otherwise. Um, I don't want to go three weeks in a row picking against them, but I, I truly think this team is – the Jaguars are a better team than the Rams. I, I, I think they're a very well-rounded team. Yeah. Um, if the Steelers were to win this game, I think you could put them in the discussion as one of the really, really good teams in the league. Ooh. I'm just not sure yeah. if – they're quite there yet. Yeah. I think the offense is going to have to do better early on to to perform against a, a Jaguars offense like this. Yeah, you, know, you mentioned the interceptions. I think it's been two weeks in a row. Kenny's protected the ball, and it'd be great if we could go three weeks in a row and without an interception. And that's one thing that really killed him early in the year. Uh, so I hate to say he's due, but it se- kind of seems like he is and, and usually doesn't come at a great time. Man, I don't know. I, I'm going to go with the Jags in this one. I feel like I'm RJing my way to some victories here, but you know what? Sometimes you got to get down and dirty to, to get a win, and I do think the Jaguars are they are trending up, but so are yeah. we. Uh, you know, yeah. They kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start. They went over to London. They won a couple games, and, and they've kind of been rolling since and turning into the – you know the team I think we all expected them to be, which is a you know a contender uh, at the end of the year, and Lawrence is going to keep uh, growing for sure. I, but man, I could see this game going either way. I I could see us getting boat raced yeah. by them, and kind of a you know how the Lions went into Baltimore and and kind of got stunned there. I could see us getting kind of brought back down to reality after a couple of big wins, and I could see us TJ wadding our way to another another win. Yeah. Um, and making Lawrence's life miserable. Um, and that's just the way the Steelers are going to be this year. I think it's, it's, it could go either way. I think when the offense is, is going to look bad, it's going to look really bad. And there's going to be other games like this Rams game where kind of everything just clicks. We don't make a lot of killer mistakes, and we come out on top. But the mistakes, the turnovers are the key thing. If we have a couple of them, I think that's where you're going to see the game sway. I think, again, we're going to need three touchdowns from the offense. And two weeks in a row, would that, would that stop the Matt Canada? Would that get the cameras off Matt Canada, Bri? Because they show him like every other play now, Matt Canada's reaction cam. Yeah. Um, what did he do this time? He did uh, 
what do you do? Like a let's go. And then, um, he, he showed a lot of emotion, you, you know, it, because <laughs> well, he knows the cameras so. on him now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Rightfully so people have been down on him, both of us included. So it's, it's kind of good to see some good fortune and, you know, some positive energy there. So, um, it's funny. I, I, it's probably going to be an all year thing where they, they just kind of yeah sh- show the, show the camera in his face. Yeah. There was a couple Jesus Christ. See, I heard, I uh, seen him <laughs> mutter a couple times and I think they just came up short on a few plays that the Canada cam is alive and well, for sure. Uh, <laughs> I think he's here to stay at this point at four and two. I'd be tough to justify uh Caden at this point. He's going to be with us all year, folks, for better or worse. Yeah. Um, but it's baby steps. It's just been baby steps. Like we said, we saw three touchdowns last week. That's rare for for this offense and for this era of, of Matt Canada, really. Um, yeah. So two weeks in a row, can we do it? I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised. I think this is going to have to be another low-scoring game for them to get out of, out of here with a victory. But, again, first of three in a row at home and if we can win this one right we got the titans after that on thursday on a short week and you know well ryan Tannehill will be available for that they're gonna have levies and malik willis splitting duties or and you know the old saying you have two quarterbacks you don't have one um you know that's a winnable game i think but again we're gonna have to keep uh derrick henry if he's still on the titans if yeah if um, right. We're going to have to keep him in check. And then we got the Packers at home, which should be a winnable game with that offensive line. I could just, we could just wreak havoc on them on a, on a long, uh, long off weeks, a little mini buy there. Uh, right. so, so that's kind of nice. Um, a big win against the Jaguars here sets us up for two very winnable games at home after that. And if we can come out of this at six and three at least, you know. I think we're all feeling pretty good. I think we'd all take that looking ahead. So, uh, And then we got a big matchup against the Browns at Cleveland and their quarterback situations in flux. And that's going to be a slog fest there uh, the week before Thanksgiving. So yeah, it's going to get interesting here. Some winnable games for sure. Uh, yeah, and that's the uh, Jags. It should be a pretty good game. It should be one of the better games this week against two teams that are that are steadily improving as the year goes on with young quarterbacks. So one one very uh, one very not so hyped first round pick and one very hyped first round pick at quarterback going at it. But two winners, two no doubt, two winners, two Heisman caliber quarterbacks going at it. So that's week eight. That's the Jags. That was the Rams, we dispatched of Sean McVay and that crew. Congratulations, by the way, to Sean McVay. I think he had a, a kid right after that game. He had a baby. Uh, so congrats to him. Um, and congrats to the Steelers for probably signing Rashad Wild Goose. So look forward <laughs> to seeing him in the lineup soon. <laughs> any final uh, any final thoughts, Bira? I've heard some I've heard some rumors uh, from Secret Agent Dan, your brother. Really pining to get on the stairway, so maybe we need to look at, at bringing him in here uh, in the next couple of weeks. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. We can definitely set that up. Um, there is, I think he's coming to Pittsburgh for the Titan game, um, so we'll be we'll be watching that together. First first Steeler game together this year. Um, but you know, with this Jags game, it's really uh, a nice 
a nice matchup. Two teams on the up, two solid teams. Um, really excited to see um, how we do against them this this week. Yep, should be a good one. So we will catch you back. We will have to figure out our schedule leading up to that Thursday night. I'm going to have to record a little bit early so we can get it out in time for the Thursday night matchup there against the Titans on the, on the short week. But, uh, yeah, look forward to the game against the Jags on Sunday. Should be entertaining at Heinz Field. So for bad news, Bri, this is Mr. Just Wright. We'll see you in week nine. Here we go, Steelers. Yeah.